Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, Season 3, Episode 19, it's the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, uh, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Games and their Mad for Footy board game. Uh, they're kicking big bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what that's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about. And you can find them at Roller Games on Insta, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au. That's R-O-L-L-A to find out a bit more about them. But more importantly, to get your hands on a Mad for Footy board game for you and the family. So, a uh, pretty we're getting back to a little bit of business as normal with our teams, uh, most, most of them at least, hitting the pitch. And uh, the West Coast Fever, they're getting ready for their season starting in the next three or four weeks. And uh, the Western Force, they'll be beginning next weekend. So we'll have a quick chat about them in due course as well. But we're going to start a, start our episode at the hard court. Uh, no more Perth Wildcats, they're done. So we're focusing on our women's basketball team. And that's the Perth Lynx. Ryan pops it over the top. Lovely ball movement. This time they get it inside to Scherf. I really like that. Again, that was the exact way Scherf scored last time with her other points. Ryan comes away with it. Marching back to nine. Scherf, she pulls the trigger from long range and makes it. So the team were back on the court after a week off, and they played up against the Adelaide Lightning away. And ahead of this game, uh, and also for the next three, they'll actually be wearing their Bulu Chudic jersey as part of the WNBL's Indigenous round. And if you saw our last post on Thursday, uh, that jersey was posted there. So just a terrific jersey, and they look sensational in them. Now to their Thursday evening clash that we just spoke of then up against Adelaide away. And what was a slow start to begin with uh, when they went down minus seven. And at one stage during the first term, they were down 6-18. They flicked the switch and won the remaining three terms by 10. Uh, where they actually put on 34 points in the second term. They won the third by seven and a whopping 16 in the final term that they won that by. And they restricted Adelaide to zero field goals in a four-minute period and only nine points in total. Uh, to finish with a wet sail to take the win of 108 to 82. Uh, the team shot the lights out, hitting at 54% from the field alone, 64% from two-pointers, and 42% from three-pointers. And in a monstrous display, they won the rebound count plus 15. Now back to some good form after having some off weeks since returning from the minor injury was Chloe Bibby. She went for 29 points and 7 of 9 from the 3 point land. She was on fire. Uh, in fact, all the starting 5 hit double digits. Uh, but a couple more notable mentions. Lauren Scherf almost got a double-double with 18 points on 9 of 11 and 9 rebounds. And Sammy Whitcomb, well, she had a bit of an all-round game with 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. Now to their second clash of the away trip up against the Southside Flyers, another top four team, and they weren't able to keep their momentum running, yet again not being up to scratch. And the game was decided in the first term with yet another, another sluggish start, but this time they just couldn't come back from. Uh, going into quarter time, they were down by 19 points, and they conceded 35 in that term to the Flyers, with quarters two and three pretty much cancelling each other out, going down by two, and then plus two across those two as a differential, and the final term was even. So it all came down to that first term. Uh, yeah, just not good enough in the end. The length shot at 43%. Not too shabby, but 
not compared to 51% from the Flyers and 61% for them from two pointers in particular. Uh, just too damaging, and the team got monstered on the board, the complete opposite of the game up against the Adelaide Lightning. Uh, the Lynx lost the boards by 14, and they gave up 12-6 to offensive rebounds. They had nine less assists and four more turnovers. They just were not switched on at all. Sammy Wickham had 18 points, and Chloe Bibby had 15 points and six assists. They were the key standouts, but as a result, they've sort of just given up a little opportunity to close the space on fourth place at Bendigo with this loss. Ahead of a home do-or-die game against the same opposition on Saturday. We realistically, for all of them, or for that game, all the chips are on the line. They have to go all in. This is the game that matters the most. It's that classic eight-point game or a double-point game, however many points you get for each win. Now, just quickly before we sign off there, on an individual accolade and acknowledgement status has to go to Captain Sammy Wickham, who has been nominated alongside one of nine women as a Sports West WA Sports Star of the Year. So well played to you, Sammy. Terrific job. All right, we're going to leave the hard court. Let's make our way over to the cricket pitch and let's talk some Western Fury women. Boundary, and that'll be the game. So Western Australia victorious in the 25th over of the match. Very, very convincing in the end. From the moment, Queensland were 2 for 88, lost their third wicket. WA completely dominated the game. And a tremendous effort from player of the match, Lily Mills. Five wickets. Uh, the team, unfortunately, lost to Tasmania, and they got whacked as a result of it, to be honest. They were bowled out after electing to bat for 172, with Chloe Pippa leading the way with a top score of 59. And whilst Lisa Griffith had a nice and little late cameo of 38, no other player in the top six got more than 20, as they also fell apart at the back end, losing the final five wickets for only 25 runs. A sheer capitulation, where once again, they didn't bat out the full 50 overs. Uh, despite an early wicket to have the Tasmanians won for 18 at the 2.4 over mark, the game was just taken away from them after that, not being able to strike from there, letting the Tiger Tigers reach a target within 25 overs. A shocking bowling display, with the unlikely Lily Mills going for an economy rate of 15.5 from her two overs, and two other bowlers having an economy rate of 8 and above. Amy Edcar, she was the most economical with 5.20. As is the norm, the ladies have back-to-back -back games against the same opposition, and so to Thursday's outing, and what a high-scoring affair that it was for this contest. The Warriors won the toss and elected to bowl, but then just couldn't get enough wickets to stop the strong batting power of this Tasmanian team, eventually conceding three for 339. And despite having them at one for 31 at 5.2 overs, they, they unfortunately, they gave up separate partnerships of 116, 124, and 68 right at the very end. Ashley King, she got the only wickets, finishing with three for 62. They started off strongly, uh, the Western Fury, getting to 1 for 80 at 12.3 overs, but just couldn't try and just get on top of the run rate. Uh, and eventually, and during the uh, match itself, they required, you know, many, many runs just to st stay, on, stay on target with our required run rate. But they lost patches of wickets, especially in the middle order. We just didn't allow them to have and build those big partnerships that Tasmania did in their innings. Chloe Pippa had 44 of 44, Maddie Dark had 70 of 77, and Lisa Griffith got 67 of 60. They were their key scorers. But no one else to really go big. You need a big 100 in that kind of match when you're chasing 300 plus. They finished fifth overall, and they're looking ahead to season 
2024. And they've gone from being in a position to push for a finals berth, but then lost six of their last seven games to clearly show they just weren't up to it at the end of the day. So back to the drawing board for the ladies. Their season their season is officially done. Uh, the WNCL is finished for them. Of course, uh, the WBBL finished a uh, month and a bit ago for them as well. But uh, yeah, we're going to leave it there for the ladies and we look forward to touching base with them obviously when their season resumes in um, starting the WNCL later on in the year. But, uh, you know, many positives, but just not up to it in the end, losing six of their last seven, a bit of a blow there. All right, we're going to stay on the cricket pitch and let's now talk about the men and let's touch base with our Western Warriors. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this a real quick wrap-up of their one-day contest that they had up against South Australia yeah, as part of their one-day cup campaign. Well, they defeated them. They had to chase 211 after bowling out South Australia for 210 uh, at the 47.3 overmark. And a nice bounce back after their Sheffield Shield loss to the same opposition only a couple of days earlier. Jason Berendorf had 3 for 36 at 3.7 economy rate. Darcy Short 2 for 37 and Joel Paris 2 for 42. They were the key strike bowlers. As the team just got very important wickets across the innings, averaging actually 21 runs for every wicket and not giving the Redbacks an opportunity to build any momentum across the game. Bancroft got 18 not out for 8 boundaries and he was the standout. But Short but uh, Darcy Short, he backed up his serviceable bowling effort with 74 from 99, which actually contributed to a 144-run partnership with Cam Bancroft, as Marcus Stoinis helped Bangers finish off the chase with uh, 10, 10 plus per over to, to uh, obviously finish himself with 42 not out off 29. So uh, 10 more overs to spare great win uh, just in a dominant position um, as they have been and as a result they've actually earned a home final in the thumping uh, victory and they sit three wins ahead of second and third place and they're the only teams with a net run rate starting with a one the next best is 0.10 so they're just head and shoulders above everyone else and they double the points of victoria and south australia in second and third place respectively it's just, it's been an utterly dominant of a season in the one-day cup to date, with the final on March 8, where they will target a record 16th one-day championship. So you just can't ask much more from this team. Um, they're just rolling out, but it does come down to one game. You can have bad games. We can only hope that doesn't happen. And they follow the script and the way that they've been playing all season and take care of business, whoever it ends up being against. And we'll, uh, of course, touch base with them when that happens or in the lead up to it, give you a heads up as to who they're playing. But uh, well done, Warriors. You're all over. Um, let's talk about a team that's going to be starting their season very, very soon. And uh, only in about, let me carry the one, I think four or five days. And I'm talking a bit of Western Force. Stowers, Stowers giving it the Ralston! Runs it to the line, almost intercepted. And it is play on, and Brikey gets it down to McGregor! Jack Just quickly McGregor. before we touch base on some on-field news to some off-field sponsorship news, uh, the club has announced the arrival of Australia's fastest-growing recruitment agency, Collar. That's C-O-L-L-A-R. 
Collar, recruit uh, are, are a better ways as their official recruitment partner for the next two seasons. So uh, welcome, Collar, recruit a better ways. Uh, to the park, and three weeks ago, they took on the Queensland Reds in a trial match at the UWA Sports Park, but it certainly didn't go according to plan. They had a 10-45 to 45 defeat. Uh, they did, had seven pl- did have, sorry, should I say, seven players run on in the starting 15 for the first time in the force jersey, but whilst it was a shocking day on the scoreboard, Coach Simon Cronin is not hitting packed not hitting panic stations just yet. Now, next in their pre-season schedule was to play Fiji and Drew on Thursday afternoon with the game to take place in Queensland. Now, they went down 38-48, to 48, but certainly it was an improvement on their first trial match against the Reds. And whilst errors caused by ill-discipline resulted in far too many penalties, these are minor adjustments that the coach said they're hoping to streamline and fix up in the lead-up to their first match, which we'll get to very soon. Uh, just quickly, tries went to Pulu, Pierce, Kaitu, Spring, Kibberidge, and Wells. Now, to the 77th minute, just the, I guess you'd probably... You, you wouldn't want to call it a highlight, but uh, a very key and important aspect of the game. In the 77th minute in that uh, latest trial match that they had up against Fiji and Drua, they scored a try to reduce the deficit to three points before then conceding one final try, leading to that uh, ending result of 10 points. Now, their first game is on February 25, up against the Melbourne Rebels, uh, our rival. You can clearly call them a rival, for sure. Big time. There's bad blood between the two teams, no doubt about it. And that's going to be at HBF Park in what will be the beginning of their Super super uh, Pacific Rugby campaign. So, the Sea of Blue... Get on down and support our Western Force. Uh, we're back and running, back into the swing of it all. New coach and Simon Crone, and uh, plenty of new recruits that are ready to make their mark here wearing the blue as well. So looking forward to see how they go. Can't wait to touch base with them next week. Fingers crossed with a great result, or at least a really competitive result. And that's all we want from our Western Force. Just a team that's super competitive, shows up every week, and they're ready to dig in and give it a crack. But we're going to leave it there for our Western Force. Going to make our way back to a rectangular pitch. And coincidentally enough, this team actually uses HBF Park as well. Not so much this season. They've been stuck at Macedonia Park. But stuck's probably not a fair word because they've been pretty great there. So let's see how they went back again at Macedonia Park and in another outing. And of course, I'm talking about the Perth Glory. Glory, glory, Perth Glory. Jack Clisby, uh, let's talk about this great man because on Saturday evening he made his 200th appearance in the weekend's outing. A big congratulations to him and what an achievement in his second stint back at the club. And in some coaching personnel news, unfortunately, excuse me, assistant coach Joe Gallen has departed the club for family reasons, mainly then just being able to settle uh, in regards to his family, just unable to be uh, settled here in Perth. So it'll be a loss to the club as he was brought in during the restructure of head coach Ruben Zakovic and Chris Coyne coming in as well. So unlucky coach, these things happen. That's family. You, know, you just got to you know, prioritize those kinds of things. And in the end, it's only football. Now, coming into their upcoming contest, Perth have lost only two of their last 12 meetings between themselves and the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, The club has also outscored the Mariners 24 goals to 12 in that run of games. And to highlight an up-and-comer, left-foot gun Jacob Douse, he's contributed four goal assists to sit joint second in the league. 
Now, Daryl Latchman, as a result of that red card on the weekend, uh, did actually miss uh, the game up against Central Coast Mariners in a big blow. Whilst the only other stat, really, that's sort of important or relevant is Melbourne City and Adelaide United are the only clubs with a better points per game record at home this year, claiming 15 points from eight fixtures to Perth Glory at Macedonia Park for an average of 1.88. So they do play well there. They've had many wins, also a number of draws too, and only one recent loss up against the best team in the competition in Melbourne City, where realistically it probably could have gone the other way. And a draw, you know, you probably wouldn't blame them if if, if they got a, uh, a draw. So to the game at hand up against the second place Central Coast Mariners, the team had to settle for a 2 all draw, coincidentally enough, despite having a 2 all ascendancy at the 51st minute mark, courtesy of a returning Sam Khalifi and a stunning free kick strike that he also did in the 16th minute before slotting the penalty from a handball in the box at the previously aforementioned time of the 51st minute. But they gave away two penalties on the trot, the first cut courtesy of a controversial handball in the 74th minute and then one in the 81st minute. The team had seven less goal goal attempts, but they did have two more shots on goal. But from my point of view, that was the only silver lining for the glory, at least from the stats, as they only had 32% possession. They had 12 less corner kicks, six less throw-ins, 47 less attacks, and 67 less dangerous attacks. So uh, it does look pretty from the stats. However, in summing up and listening to the coach, uh, Ruben Zakovich, in his press conference, they fairly should have, in hindsight, and looking at the game stats, you know, you'd think that they'd lose this game comprehensively. But when you're up 2-0, as sort of, you know, we brought forward earlier, you just can't leave the door open for a quality team like the Mariners, and that they did. They made them pay. Um, And certainly three points went begging for them. One positive, however, for the club was Aaron Aaron McInef, Adam Taggart, and of course Salim Khalifi. They all returned in the game, but had their minutes managed and will continue to build over the coming rounds. And as a result of last week's uh, loss and a couple of draws prior to that, they've just stalled a little bit and they've fallen down to ninth spot, but they're still only four points out of the top six. So not too bad. They're still in the hunt. Um, they've got an away contest this week. Uh, I think it's pretty sure it's up against Brisbane Raw. So they'll make their way up to Queensland. Um, and then uh, they'll probably resume a bit of normalcy with home and away. Of course, they started the season away for a long period of time. They've had a long stretch of home games now, so certainly can't complain there. It's definitely balanced up, but they'll get into a bit of a rhythm, I would presume, very soon. Um, You know, home away, home away, and the like. So we'll see what they can do next week. In a good position to get a win, but unfortunately it slipped away from them. But they're still in the hunt, just thankfully with the tightness of the ladder as it is. But we're going to leave it for the Perth Glory and we look forward to touching base with them next week. Well, yes, it certainly was not quite on the Western Front, but uh, just not as hectic as it normally is. And that signals and signifies that we are at the end of uh, Season 3, Episode 19, where the Western Force are about to hit the pitch uh, at HBF Park. So Sea of Blue, get on down there and support our Western Force in the Super Rugby Pacific campaign. The Western Warriors are simply flying, uh, at least in the one-day cup. Of course, they did have a loss recently in the Sheffield Shield competition, but we expect them to bounce back. I'm pretty sure they're actually playing Tasmania uh, very, very soon. Uh, The Western Fury, their competition is over, um, just not up to the standard that they need to be or would want to be. As we said, losing six of their last seven, uh, 
and prior to that, they were in a in a chance to be considered for the finals. And the Perth Lynx, uh, you know, one good win against Adelaide, but they're not much shop. And playing up against the top four team in the Southside Flyers, didn't and can't make it count against those much better opposition. And it is coming down to the wire. They've got, I think, three games left now. And the classic double-point game, the eight-point game, whatever you want to call it, up against, let's just quickly make sure we get that right, up against a Bendigo Spirit on Saturday. All the chips are to play for, all the marbles are in, and any other saying that you want to add to that. So we're going to see how that all goes. Now, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you aboard, on board, and we look forward to touching base with you and all of our teams, our WA teams, on the domestic sporting scene. But from yours truly, Adam Bat, I'm out for now.